To the healthcare podcast so a little bonus episode have some time this week to do these so i figured i'd go ahead and knock out two if i can but um, also shout out to daft punk <laughs> for those music fans out there so since they uh decided to break up recently i decided to twice this week to go ahead and give them a shout out with some some of their music i love music so that's why i always like to play some some jams at the beginning and the end but Anyway, so today's topic is over fatigue. Um, this has been on my mind for a while because that's one of the most common complaints that I hear from people that, that come to me for advice and, uh, and help when it comes to, to health is, is they'll come to me and say, hey, I'm so tired all the time. I'm just constantly fatigued. What do I do? So um, it's actually very common. Millions of Americans uh, complain of, of some form of fatigue uh, on a daily basis. So, um, and all of us, I mean, even myself included, we have those days where we're a little bit more tired than usual, but it's the chronic fatigue uh, that can really weigh you down and, and affect your health in, in numerous ways and, and your overall life too, and, and people around you and your environment, your job uh, can affect a lot of things. So uh, that's our topic today, trying to weigh in on some advice and tips I can give you to, to try to eliminate, maybe not eliminate, or at least help reduce some of that constant fatigue that you find on a daily basis. But um, a few statistics, so like I said, millions of Americans complain of it uh, on a daily basis. 20% of fatal car accidents actually involve fatigue as well. Um, so let's go through some things that can hopefully help you or, or maybe those around you with uh, fighting that constant fatigue. Um, so first off, I think we all have to, to talk about sleep first, right? So a uh, recommendation for many years has been that seven to eight hours uh, of sleep uh, for the average adult. So uh, that's what we should be striving towards. Um, there's a lot of recommendations I can give you to sleep better. Um, obviously, it's up to you to kind of find what works for you and maybe um, include some of these uh, tips into your daily living. But um, I think the most important part is to try to develop a circadian rhythm, uh, which that means getting your body into more of a routine to the point where you're waking up and going to sleep at the same time every day. I think that is critical. So that is the most difficult part for people who struggle with sleep is their schedules out of whack. Now, people who are in the healthcare industry, who are doctors, nurses, who work crazy hours are probably listening to this and thinking, you know, what the heck do you know about this? So how am I supposed to change that? And I get it. But um, so those that have the ability to develop more consistency with their schedule, that is critical. So um, I do recommend that. So let's start with that. So wake up. Um, at the same time every day. So I can even vouch for that, that um, I'm a creature of habit and uh, COVID affected me quite a bit. I think I've told you this on the podcast before, but um, I went from having to be somewhere at a certain time every day for my entire life to not having to be anywhere 
at a certain time. So um, it, it really affected me in a lot of ways. But uh, so, in fact, it took me months. I mean, probably I would say November, December, just this past year to finally get into some form of a, a semi-routine. I'm still not there. I just, it's, it's been a struggle for me. But um, once I started developing some form of a routine, my sleep got better because my sleep was horrible uh, for a couple of months. Um, you know, kind of, I don't know, late summer months, I really started struggling. But that's because my schedule was out of whack. But um, so I think that's the most important part. Figure out a time you can wake up. Um, you know, that, that's also critical for, for stress management too. So wake up at a certain time where you're not rushed. Um, you know, sometimes fatigue correlates with stress too, right? So give yourself enough time where you're not in a rush in the morning. Give yourself some time to relax. Wake up, uh, eat some breakfast, uh, drink some water, you know, take your time getting ready, you know, making the kids lunch, taking them to school, whatever it is, you don't want to be rushed. That's, that's also something that kind of correlates with fatigue is just this constant battle of time management and scheduling. So that, that, that is also important. But some other things to help you sleep better, um, limit your screen time. So there's something circulating out there called techno stress where we're probably seeing that more now than ever where we're constantly on a screen. Um, I mean, I'm on a screen right now talking to you. <laughs> um, it's just something we have to deal with. It's, it's life. We have to deal. We, we need screen time to, to function for a job. Uh, but at the same time, we also have to manage and, and kind of recognize what's too much. Um, that's another thing that I figured out the last few months, I would say, or at the end of 2020. It took me a while. Um, I was always on the screen. I've, you know, reading more has been able to eliminate some of my screen time um, as well. So that's something that's, that's helped me a lot. Uh, so think about that too, is, is try, to, try to limit that, especially close to bedtime. Let's say 15 to 30 minutes before bed, try to shut off your phone, uh, you know, plug it in, charge it up. If you have to turn it off, do that. Um, but try to unwind before bed. I mean, think about it. When we're on our screens, it's technology. It's it's information overload, right? So it's hard to fall asleep when we got all that information floating around in our head. So eliminate that at least 15 to 30 minutes before bed, ideally. Um, don't exercise or eat too close to bedtime as well. Those two things can also generate energy. So exercise is great. In fact, exercise is critical for you to help sleep better. However, if you do it too close to bedtime, it gives you those endorphins, right? That natural energy boost. So it can be a struggle to, to fall asleep sometimes. Um, that's why, um, and even that's something that, again, back when COVID first happened, my schedule was out of whack. I started working out. Um, later in the evening, and that was something that was affecting my sleep too. So um, earlier the better, honestly, uh, when it comes to exercise. Uh, but you know, ha having said that, do what works for you. There's some people who can work out later and not affect their sleep. Um, I'm not one of those. Uh, it has to be earlier, at least early afternoon. Um, but 
exercise is important for sleep, um, you know, because it's critical with stress management, but at the same time, it's too close to bedtime. Pay attention to that. Um, and then eating too close to bedtime also, same thing. Food is energy, right? So if we eat it too close to bedtime, especially something with like carbohydrates, uh, can, can maybe uh, generate a little bit too much energy. So if you eat something late at night, I would say something a little bit more fatty um, as opposed to something with carbohydrates. Because uh, if you eat something with carbohydrates, it's just going to sit there. You know, when we're at rest, we, we're using mostly fat as energy. So um, I would say eat something fatty if you are going to eat something later at night. Uh, don't nap during the day. That is going to affect your circadian rhythm, your natural consistent schedule. So um, if you can avoid naps, that's why um, my wife knows this too. I can't nap um, anyway. So even if I, I could nap, um, I don't know. It probably would affect my my schedule and all that. But uh, I, I can't say the few times in my life that I, that I you know, I'll probably nap two or three times a year. And when I do, it does affect my sleep schedule at night. So don't do that um, unless you absolutely have to. Again, if you're in a work environment and, and you know those who work in certain industries where naturally affects your sleep schedule, don't take this offensive. So um, other things to do, avoid alcohol. So alcohol uh, really does affect your deep sleep pattern, your REM sleep rapid eye movement. Um, so people think that alcohol can actually help sleep. That's actually the opposite. So um, try to avoid that, especially if you're struggling with sleep um, or just constant fatigue as well. Tobacco, same kind of thing, can affect your fatigue uh, as you become reliant and addicted to that. Uh, other things to do to fight uh, fatigue overall is eat more often. I think that's as important as anything. So I was just talking to my class about this uh, today, actually. But so when we're babies, we eat often, right? We eat all the time. Babies eat all the time. Something I, I've been thinking a lot uh, over the last few years is why, why did we get away from that? Um, I think human beings are actually built to eat often, just like babies. So I don't know why once we become adolescents, teenagers, adults, we kind of get away from how we ate as babies where we're eating constantly. That's how it should be, honestly. So, and when I say that, people might get a little conflicted and be like, well, so I can eat anything? No, definitely not. So we're talking about uh, the more often we eat, the less often we will overeat, if that makes sense. So if we wake up at nine o'clock in the morning, we eat breakfast, we skip lunch, we don't eat again until seven o'clock. So we just went 10 hours without eating. That's not what you want. Um, now, we should, again, I would say every two to four hours, ideally. So that's another thing that we're, this is, we're a constantly caffeinated country, so we probably consume, I don't have the data on this, but I bet we would be up there with any country as far as the most caffeine uh, consumption, um, so as a country. But instead of reaching for caffeine at three o'clock in the afternoon when you have some kind of crash, I don't understand why 
that has become so common. Why, why don't we reach for a healthier snack? Something that's actually going to give us some quality nutrients, antioxidants, vitamins, minerals. That's what we need. Uh, I'm not saying coffee's bad for you. It's not. But, I mean, unless you add a bunch of t stuff to it, like sugar, cream, and all that, then it is bad. But uh, natural, uh, I mean, just black coffee itself is fine. Um, but I'm just talking about how we become so overconsumed with caffeine and everybody has a different tolerance for caffeine. Um, I myself can only to tolerate certain amounts. Like I'll take, um, I mean, I'll have green tea occasionally, probably every other day I'll have a green tea and it has probably 10, 15 milligrams of caffeine, which is very, very little minimal. It doesn't affect me at all, but anything over that, um, you know, I couldn't handle a cup of coffee. It's too much caffeine for me, but everybody's different. You can tolerate uh, more, but ideally we, you know, it is a stimulant. It's a natural stimulant. Yes, but we don't want to come so addicted to that where it affects our overall well-being. So, um, and that's where I think quality, more quality nutrition habits, instead of reaching for a bag of chips on your snack break, why don't you reach for an apple or something with uh, more quality nutrients to it versus an empty calorie like that? And that's another problem. You know, the more empty calories we consume, the more hungry we technically are. That's going to cause some kind of crash at some point as well. So eating more often, eating healthier, uh, you know, avoid those less processed foods. Not really avoid. We can't necessarily avoid processed foods altogether, but try to limit those. Watch out for sugar too. You know, we hear sugar crash uh, with kids a lot, but adults have sugar crashes all the time as well. So, um, you know, liquid sodas, um, candy bars, anything with added sugar. Again, that's uh, one of the biggest epidemics we're facing as a country right now is the constant um, effect of sugar on our bodies. Uh, this constant sugar consumption is a serious problem. That's why added sugars have now been required to put on labels, which I told you about that on a recent podcast. Um, so watch out for, for things like that, sugar, processed foods. Um, so eat more often. I would say uh, ideally we eat probably six times a day, five to six minimum. Um, you know, I, I, myself, I'm usually during Monday through Friday, I'm usually six to seven times a day. Uh, weekends, probably about four times a day, but um, ideally, you know, as often as we can is ideal. So uh, that's the, I mean, again, like I go back to what I said earlier, where the reason why so many people overeat in this country is because they don't eat often enough. And then on top of that, they eat so many processed foods that don't have any uh, fullness factor to them. They don't have any fiber, vitamins, water, minerals, that make them feel full. That's why they constantly overeat. That's why the overeating epidemic is where it's at because of all the processing of foods and, and also just the traditional way of eating of two, three days a week or two to three times a day. So, um, you know, that three meals a day, something I think we should probably get away from and focus more on eating more often instead of eating just breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And when I say eat more often, you know, meals, snacks, meals, whatever you want to call it, it's all the same. So even if it's just a one apple and a handful of almonds or cashews, you know, that can count as a meal or, or whatever you want to call it. So, uh, but 
let's try to eat more often. You know, if you work uh, in an office or something, you know, I'm, I'm fortunate where, you know, even when I was teaching, like between classes, I would always snack on something. My students would always see me eating, <laughs> but um, pack stuff, pack, you know, pack snacks, critical for your work, for school, whatever. Um, so you don't come, become consumed with uh, wanting to overeat once you get off work, um, because that is very common, right? We get off work, we're starving because we haven't eaten for six, seven, eight hours, whatever it is. Um, pack snacks, baggies, nuts, seeds. Um, I hope to, I'm going to make a post here in the next week or two on some healthy snack apps, uh, healthy snack options that you can bring to work or um, school or, or whatever. So, um, but I think that is important. So drink more water too. Instead of reaching for caffeinated beverages or sugary foods and beverages, drink more water. Um, you know, I know that's something that's said ad nauseum uh, regularly, but um, some people get tired of hearing it. But the, the, the fact of the matter is the majority of our bodies are made up of water. If we don't have enough water, it's going to let us know in very different ways, um, whether it could be fatigue, could be headache, whatever. But fatigue is something that can come along with dehydration. So make sure you're drinking enough water. The best way to spot if you're hydrated is to check the color of your urine. If it is dark, drink more water. Um, the clearer the color, the better. That means you are getting enough hydration. Um, so going back to exercise, exercise is critical for reducing the fatigue component on a regular basis. Uh, the more sedentary we are, the more fatigued we are. That's just how it works. So um, there's endorphins, which I've talked about. Endorphins kind of produces that natural uh, pain relief as well as energy release uh, whenever we exercise. Um, so find a workout on top of that. Try to find an exercise that you enjoy uh, because if you, you know, if you hate running or something like that, which I always use that example because so many people hate running. If you hate running, don't do it. Find something else that works for you that you enjoy because on top of that if you think about it if you're enjoying the exercise the workout that you're doing that's also going to help generate a little bit more endorphin and, and energy release as well um, so other things you can do um, i think stretching and rejuvenating type exercises whether it's yoga tai chi pilates uh, those are very good as well as um, especially like waking up in the morning um, I haven't done it in a while, but there for, for a long time I was doing yoga uh, a couple of days a week in the morning, and that was always very rejuvenating to me, gave me kind of that energy. Um, me personally, what gives me a lot of energy uh, for exercise is running. Um, whenever I run in the morning, you know, especially those early morning runs, um, I mean, it's amazing how much energy I have uh, throughout the day. Then I sleep really good in the evening as well. But um, but on top of something else you need to consider and something that I actually went through once uh, in my kind of late 20s, mid to late 20s, uh, is poor recovery from exercise. Uh, so there is such thing as exercising too much. And this happened to me, you know, once I started making that transition towards a healthier lifestyle, I, in a way I became addicted to exercise um, and I was doing it too much. I wasn't paying attention to uh, my recovery. And, you know, 
wasn't necessarily getting severe injuries, but I was having a lot of muscle aches and, and tension uh, in my tendons and ligaments, and then I wasn't recovering well, and it's just because I was working out too much. Uh, so pay attention to that um, because that can also implement fatigue. Um, again, that's only going to happen if you're working out, you know, six, seven days a week, uh, and you, you're starting to notice that you're you're just not recovering as well as you normally do from workouts. So you're constantly sore um, and soreness is, is usual is normal uh, from working out. In fact, when I'm not sore after a workout, I feel like I didn't work out hard enough, but it's where you just feel like it takes, you know, four or five days to recover from that one workout instead of one or two days. Um, and you're just kind of constantly achy and, and you're, you're fatigued and, and, just everything doesn't feel right. So, um, but again, exercise is important. So those who suffer from too much exercise is actually a small percent of the population, but pay attention to that because that can also implement fatigue. Um, limit your medications. Uh, now, you know, don't avoid medications. That's not what I'm saying at all. We don't want to do that, but um, sometimes there's people that are taking seven, six, five, eight medications a day, um, and that really does weigh you down too. But if you're taking that many medications a day, that could be a, a lifestyle uh, alert that you need to start making certain changes um, in your diet, your exercise levels. Um, but you know, medications can weigh you down. They have side effects. So uh, again, if you're taking that many. Maybe it's time for to to look deeper into why that is, but it also depends on the situation, the person, the circumstance. Um, develop a routine as well. I think is important. So once we start developing routines, um, because you think about it, those people who have just total sporadic schedules um, are going to be more fatigued. They don't have that grasp of a, of a schedule, that circadian rhythm I talked about. Um, as well. So try to come up with a more consistent routine on a daily basis. Um, tying with that, improving your time management as well, that, that kind of comes along with developing a routine. So if you're ever at the end of the day and figured out, I didn't accomplish half of what I was supposed to accomplish, um, that's where you need to develop strategies to come up with a better routine. Um, so I think time management and routine setting kind of go hand in hand. Uh, but a lot of people do struggle with time management, especially maybe right now. Um, I don't know, maybe it has gotten better actually. I've talked to some that, that seems like they're in a better routine now since um, COVID hit and they're being at home more. So maybe time management has gotten better. Um, for me, that was a struggle for me because like I said, I was so used to being somewhere at a certain time and then all of a sudden to have that thrown away overnight uh, with COVID and working from home, it, it was it was a struggle for me. So um, I'm still trying to grasp that. And then I don't think I'll ever fully recover until I get back to an actual routine where I get to go into class and teach. But um, also, so like I said earlier, limit that techno stress, pay attention to uh, technology and, and try to limit your screen time as, as, as much as possible. I know that is really hard right now. Um, we're literally working in front of a computer screen and that's the, the, the way of life now and it's the way of the future as well. So um, I think 
uh, just kind of recognizing how we feel and, and um, when we use too much technology, but uh, that is also important. Uh, then finally, um, coping with stress um, is also critical for fighting fatigue uh, and, and being able to recognize that can sometimes be hard. Um, I think that's probably the hardest part with stress is it's it's can be really hard to identify that sometimes. I think all of us, you know, we're just pushing through. We don't really think about, oh, it really is affecting us in different ways. But um, identify your stress and then coping with stress. Uh, those are the, you know, I guess the hardest part about it. But uh, so figure out what works for you. You know, all the things that we've talked about already is going to be very beneficial um, with coping with stress as well. But again, when it comes to fatigue, I, I hope these are some some quick tips that I can give you to um, fight that constant battle. Uh, but I encourage you to think about that and motivate yourself to try to try to not be so reliant on caffeinated beverages and focus more on okay if i need all of this constant caffeine maybe it's more of what i'm doing else or what else i'm doing throughout the day so maybe i'm eating way too much sugar uh maybe i'm not maybe i'm sedentary maybe i need to start taking more steps throughout the day i didn't even mention that too so um 10,000 steps a day i've been saying that uh constantly <laughs> since i've been doing podcasts but that is critical uh again even more so we're we're cooped up in our own house um get outside walk around enjoy the fresh air it's about to start getting warmer uh it's been pretty nice the last couple of days here in texas um but enjoy it get outside um, take your steps you got to be active our bodies are meant to move i've said that a thousand times i know but um, our bodies are not meant to be sitting and uh, our bodies are not going to function well when we do that so we are going to be more tired the more we sit we're not going to sleep as well too the more we sit and just stay in one spot and, and don't exercise and, and aren't active uh, we're just you know we're not going to sleep well it's going to affect fatigue um, so again, drink more water, exercise, develop a routine, um, avoid tobacco, alcohol, sleep seven to eight hours, focus on what I told you, develop a more circadian rhythm where you have a more consistent routine and schedule with your sleep pattern, watch your screen time and techno stress, um, and, you know, reading books, try to figure out what works for you for uh, coping with stress and, and overall well-being and, and reducing that fatigue. So let's all strive and work together to try to eliminate that fatigue battle that we deal with uh, on a regular basis. So that's all I have for today. Um, if anybody has any questions or concerns, feel free to reach out to me uh, on social media or on my blog or you can email me. My contact is on my social media platforms as well. So that is all I have for now. I'm actually going to go eat uh, for my second time. <laughs> so try to strive towards my six, seven meals a day. So again, let's let's hopefully this this helped a little bit and um, let's eliminate some of that fatigue if we can. So that's all I have. Take care, and I'll see you next time.